Hello, I'm Barry Jardigan. I'm a urogynecologist and minimally invasive surgeon in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm medical director of the Center for Pelvic Health. I've been treating interstitial cystitis and chronic pelvic pain syndromes for over 20 years. I've been asked to talk about pain management uh, for patients with interstitial cystitis. I'm a firm believer that narcotic use is not something that should be done in patients with chronic pain simply because of two reasons. One, they get a hypersensitivity to the narcotic and therefore it actually hurts the patient rather than help them. Secondly, there's obviously the addictive qualities that then become a problem because then you're having to treat the narcotic abuse and dependency as well as the pain. So it's best to avoid that. So what we do and what needs to be done in my view is to look at interstitial cystitis and understand that it is part of a complex pelvic pain disorder and that you need to make sure that the diagnosis is accurate and that you look for the accompanying diagnoses that go along with IC. It's very common to have irritable bowel syndrome, endometriosis, vulvodynia, and other pain-related uh, problems. It's important that you look at all causes of pain and treat all causes of pain. And if you do that in a holistic and global way, then you have a better opportunity of successfully treating the pain, not only in the immediate period, but also long term. So that's what we emphasize, is evaluating the entire pelvic theater, figuring out what's causing the pain, and then treating it appropriately. One of the things that is very common in women with interstitial cystitis is an accompanying pelvic myalgias, where the muscles of the pelvic floor are very tender and inflamed. Physical therapy is the mainstay for that. There are other remedies for that. There are trigger point injections. There is dry needling into the muscle. And those things can be adjuncts to the physical therapy. In addition, you have to treat the cause of all the differing pain problems. In, in the case of interstitial cystitis, we use Elmiron, which is a bi-mouth medication, and the only FDA-approved medication for interstitial cystitis. It can take a while for it to take effect, depending on how long the patient has had interstitial cystitis. If they've had it for a short period of time and their symptoms have been fairly brief, then they will tend to respond much faster than the patient who's had it for many, many years. This, that may require three to six months of therapy before they'll start seeing treatment. I've even had patients who take up to a year before they start seeing treatments. The point is, is you can't necessarily give up on that until you give it a full trial and you trial it while you are treating all the other causes of pain. There's also intravesical treatments and there's several different types of quote unquote cocktails that can be used and that just depends on the provider's preference. This tends to have a quicker onset of action. It can be used as a series for therapeutics for long-term management. It also can be used episodically in one to two treatments for acute flares. And that's one of the ways that we treat the acute flares as opposed to using narcotic medication. There are other adjunct medications that are equally important. One of the things that we know about interstitial cystitis is there tends to be an increase in histamine release. Therefore, we usually add an antihistamine to the regimen. One of those medications is Atarax, but there are others that can be used. 
Likewise, we also use low dose of Elevil. It has central affecting pain uh, relief as well as relaxing the bladder. In addition, most women with interstitial cystitis have a difficult time sleeping at night. One, because of the pain. Two, because of nocturia. The Elevil tends to help that as well. If patients can get a good night's sleep, then they obviously can do, uh, feel a lot better. So those are the basic treatments, and then you start adding that in conjunction with the physical therapy. Then there's other med medical modalities that are not addictive that likewise can be used. There are medicines that affect neurologic problems such as gabapentin and Lyrica. There are other uh, tricyclic antidepressants if people can't tolerate the Elevil. In addition to medical therapy, in addition to physical therapy, there's also lifestyle changes that are important. Patients have to participate in getting better. They have to start looking at better lifestyle changes. They have to start looking at uh, their avoiding patterns and get on a avoiding schedule. They need to actively work on stress reduction. They need to get out and get try to get exercise to help get endorphins going. We know that exercise improves all types of pelvic pain. However, it can be a challenge to find the exercise that works for that particular patient. But almost always it can be done. In addition, there's also dietary changes that have to be made. Women have to, strict to stick strictly to the dietary changes and be very strict about it in the very beginning. They need to go with entirely without spicy foods, acidic foods, alcohol, and caffeine. That's kind of a generalization. There's a whole list that you can look and read at uh, that is recommended by the ICA. If they will strictly adhere to that, they will think that they're not getting, being able to eat a whole lot. With that being said, after they improve, then they can start adding back in foods to see what bothers them and what doesn't. Not every food on the ICA list, not every food that we restrict is gonna bother every single patient. But we can improve them by taking everything off and then adding it back in and then they can determine what works and what doesn't. So now we have medication, we have intravesical treatment, we have dietary and lifestyle changes as well as physical therapy. That is a conglomerate group of activities that we can do. In addition, we also can add heat and cooling therapy to the pelvic floor. Uh, and there are modalities to use to wrap around the pelvis that can either offer heat and or uh, ice to the pelvic floor. Both of those can be very helpful. In addition to all of that, we also can utilize neuromodulation when appropriate, uh, and that can be very helpful as well. And then again, you have to treat the other causes. If these patients are having problems with irritable bowel syndrome, then that needs to be addressed, not separately, but at the same time you're trying to treat the interstitial cystitis. There are medications and behavioral changes that can be done for that as well. In addition, these patients may have endometriosis. 80 to 90% of women who have interstitial cystitis also have endometriosis. So if the therapy that you're starting out and you're doing doesn't seem to be working as effectively as you thought, there may be, need to be a consideration for evaluating and looking for endometriosis by laparoscopy. In addition to all the things that we've just talked about, there's one other element that's critically important. 
and that is women who have chronic pelvic pain are so will a lot of times have emotional difficulties dealing with the pain it's not that they're crazy they have a appropriate response to their pelvic pain many of these women by the time they reach my office are depressed it's vitally important that they have talk therapy to give them the opportunity to work on their stress reduction to work on how they're dealing with their chronic pelvic pain as well as how they are dealing with family members and friends etc that are being affected by their chronic pain many of these patients are feeling guilty because of all the pain that they're having and they can't be the active mother wife etc that they want to be so getting involved and getting with a therapist and working on those things at the same time that they're working on their physical problems pulls the whole body together and allows everything to be treated all at once and that increases the opportunity for the patient to improve. In summary, interstitial cystitis and chronic pelvic pain is a complex multi-organ problem. It's important that complete evaluation of not only the bladder but the entire pelvis is taken into account at the time of evaluation. Each problem needs to be treated effectively and attention needs to be made to each problem which may include laparoscopy looking for endometriosis, treatment for vulvodynia, treatment for irritable bowel syndrome, and any other pain disorder that may be causing problems in the pelvis. Treating the whole pelvis and treating the whole person will allow patients to fully recover from their problem and become an active member of society.